Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. surviving and walking in your purpose. I'm your host, Gigi Blackshear. To be resilient means that you have the ability to bounce back no matter what life throws at you. Our guest, Mrs. Lakeisha Burton, has an amazing story of resiliency. Please welcome to our show, Lakeisha Burton. Lakeisha, welcome. Thank you, Gigi, for having me on the show today. Lakeisha, tell our audience, who is Lakeisha Burton? Who is Lakeisha Burton? Well, I am a wife. Mm-hmm. I am a mother, a daughter, a sister. I am a survivor. And I just so happen to be in the profession of law enforcement, so I'm a police officer. Okay, okay. Would you share with our audience your survival story? Well, my survival story started uh, many years ago uh, when I was 11 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom married... Um, uh, a man that entered into our family and um, at the age of 11 years old he began to um, fondle me which later led mm. to uh, it progressing to um, him taking my virginity oh my at 11 years 11 years old at 11 so tell me Lakeisha did your mother know was she aware no she wasn't aware nobody was aware okay, okay. Okay. It was one of those okay. things where, you know, you trust your, your mm. caregiver, somebody mm-hmm. that you care about. And um, I think over the years, I know that it was just, it was so much fear. Mm-hmm. And I think the fear kept me from verbalizing what was going on. But mm-hmm. certainly there were nonverbal actions that were displayed for me. Yeah, yeah. So to have something that traumatic happen to you at 11... It had to be devastating because, like you said, this was someone that you trusted, someone that you cared for, that you loved. You know, this was your your father figure. Right. Um, how did you manage that at 11? How did you? Well, at, you know, you're young. At 11 years old, I wasn't even thinking about, you know, sex and kissing, right. really, boys. boys. I was still into uh, playing with baby dolls. Uh, what happens is you kind of, when something happens like that, 
it kind of fast forwards your life and you, you're experiencing something that is not normal. Mm -hmm. So um, I was confused, I was hurt, I experienced a lot of negative emotions and because it happened for, for a long period of time, about four years, um, my life changed drastically. Yeah. Um, and I suffered from depression, low mm. self-esteem, every ugly negative emotion you can imagine. I suffered from that and as a result I became promiscuous and end up becoming pregnant at the age of 14. Let me ask you, um, during the time that you were suffering from the abuse, you were going to school, you were still living a normal life outside of the abuse. Were you not able to talk to a teacher or uh, was it just that fear that kept you, that kept you quiet? I think... Um, now in retrospect, I think that I was telling the best way I knew, mm. and many times it was nonverbal and indirectly, and I just think that, you know, people really weren't paying attention, yeah. and then, you know, when I became pregnant and I had a baby, people judge you, and they think, oh, she's grown, you know, she's got a baby now, so they have the stigma yeah. on you, so yeah. it was just hard for people to see those signs. Mm -hmm. Mm, that is so amazing. You know, when you look at, from, from you said four years, and that's the, a period of development, a time when you really are maturing and, and trying to figure out life and to have that kind of secret and to have to hold on with that and, and still go through life and put a smile on your face. That has to change you. It has to affect who you are and who you become. Right. So you said, you, you know, you, you went into promiscuity and all, everything that comes with that. What was the thing or the catalyst that allowed you to move forward, to move beyond that, that story? Well, honestly, um, I thought about, you know, all of the people that really God has placed in my life mm. over the years, but the one common denominator was um, of course, I had a baby at 15, and you know I've I've had experience with homelessness, drugs, alcohol, oh, and I remember one night I was contemplating suicide. Hmm. I was at the point where I, I I did not want to live. I, you know, I didn't care about myself. I didn't love myself. I felt like nobody loved me. And I remember I was at a crossroad, and um, somebody invited me to a, a a revival here in Jacksonville, and I said. You know, I don't have anything else to lose. And I remember going to the church that night, and I remember them playing this music, Jesus is Real by John P. Key. And mm. I thought immediately, if Jesus is real, hey, all these things wouldn't happen to me in my life. And, and I remember everybody was praying, and I was the only one looking around. And I remember I bowed my head, and I said, Lord, this is your last time. Mm. I need you to show me a sign. And he clearly said, well, Keisha, what do you want? And I said, I want you to take this burden from me. And before I could finish my request, there was this, the spirit of God, he removed this burden, this ugliness, this filth, this nastiness, this, all those things I've been, been carrying. I tell people, I have been just so unhappy and hurting for so long okay. to when God took that from me, it just, it was so real, you know? And, you know, I was a believer that night. And from that point, 
my life has never been the mm -hmm. same. And I told him, I said, if, if I continue feeling like this, I will serve you for the rest of my life. And I will not only serve you, but I will serve you through people, helping people that have been hurt. Yeah. So, and that's what I've dedicated yeah. my life to doing. So, from um, molestation as a child, teenage pregnancy, drugs, promiscuity, alcohol, all of those things, what would you say to someone that's dealing with those things? What would you say to a person that finds himself right now in that circumstance, in that situation? The first thing I would say is that it is not your fault. Mm. I carried that burden and that guilt for many, many years. And I know that it is not for us to carry. It is for the, those who victimize. Yes. But it's not for us to carry. And then the second thing I would say is that, you know, when 30 years ago, when this man, you know, violated me. Right. I thought my life was over, mm. but now I know that my life had just begun and kind yes. of changed its course. Yeah. So I would tell um, someone in this situation that your, your, the course of your life has changed, but it's not over and God can still use you and that you can overcome this. Let me ask you, during that time, was there no support system in place for you? You said your, your mother. Mm -hmm. Was there no support, no help for you? Well, I think that it's one of those things where uh, people need to be educated. You yes. know, when you start having a, a, a child that you think is being rebellious and acting out, you know, we try to label that as a bad kid. Bad. We're not even looking at, you know, doing some fact-finding, doing some investigative work to see what, what are some of these potential underlying causes are. You know, and over years I've done a lot of research, so I've been learning myself. Mm -hmm. And what I, what I see is that when somebody's been victimized, the whole family is impacted, you yeah. know, and yeah. needs that help. Yeah, and that, that abuse, it shows itself in many different ways. It, it's played in, you know, even throughout the whole family. And lots of times we think one person is the victim, but in actuality, the whole family is being victimized in that circumstance or situation. Absolutely. Lakeisha, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. We're gonna come back. Um, we're gonna come back and hear more from Lakeisha in just a moment. Welcome back to our show. Lakeisha, tell us, what are you doing now? What, what, what's going on with Lakeisha now? Well, thank you for asking. Um, actually, I know in the last segment you asked me, you know, what were some of the things or people that kind of entered my life to help me catapult to where I am. Mm -hmm. And um, many years ago, I ran into a police officer who at the time invited me to the police athletically. I was 15 years old and I started going mm -hmm. there to play and I learned a lot of, you know, different um, skills, if you will, teamwork, yeah. uh -huh. character and everything. And um, I was... I developed a love for basketball there, which later on afforded me the opportunity to get a full scholarship to play basketball out of college, to go to college. So um, so I wanted to become a police officer because I was, uh, I wanted to put all child abusers in jail. Mm. That was my thought, mm. you know. Um, but God had a, a different plan for me. Um, so I have been advocating for victims of crime, um, especially young, young kids and I've been serving with the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office for 18 years, and um, 
just providing service, you know, mm -hmm. meeting people where they are, treating people how with dignity when they call um, that they've been victimized. But here over the last two years, I I have been working as the executive director of the Police Athletic League, which mm -hmm. is a, a 501c3 youth serving mm -hmm. organization where we help kids. So, and uh, my life has come full circle because that oh, very place yes. I stood in when I was 15 years old with my baby, mm. now I run it. Nobody mm. but God. Oh, so, um, just advocating for for young people right now. Okay, and you said Police Athletic League. Yes. And you know, we take for granted those places that young people can go and find somebody that cares about them. Mm -hmm. And because of the experiences that you've had, then you have great empathy. Mm -hmm. And you know the signs, you know what to look for, and you know that because you've experienced it, that you may be able to help some young person. So it looks like because of the things that you've gone through, God has strategically positioned you in order to use those hurtful things, those bad things, those negative things, and turn those things around for good and allow you to be able to speak into the lives of young people. And that is such a blessing. You know, it's the things that we go through and survive Mm -hmm. Those things he wants us to use Absolutely. in service yes. to help others. And it's such a blessing that God has allowed you to go through what you went through, but yet survive and mm -hmm. still bring something positive out of it. So we are so grateful that you are positioned where you are now because there may be some young person that is in need of that kind of help that you may be able to help. God may have you in that particular place for that particular reason to help some young person. Absolutely. So, Lakeisha, thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, it's a been a blessing to me, and I know it's going to be a blessing to our viewers. So, Lakeisha, please tell us what's next for Lakeisha Burke. What's next? I have a lot of exciting things. Right now, I'm working on my PhD degree, a Christian counseling degree, and I am working on a book. Oh, that is so wonderful. I'm super busy, and I'm thankful to have a very uh, supportive husband to help me, but um, I'm constantly busy. Do you have a title for your book? Actually, it's a couple. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. 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 But it's in progress. Yes, it's in okay. progress. Okay. That yes. is wonderful. Well, we will definitely be looking forward to that. I know it's going to be awesome. Lakeisha, thank you so much for sharing your story. It has truly been a blessing to me, and I'm sure it's been a blessing to our guests. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Next, we're going to hear from Dr. Deborah Williams-Watson. We're back with Dr. Deborah Williams-Watson. Dr. Deborah, welcome back to our show. Thank you for having me. After listening to Lakeisha's story, we know that child abuse is a horrible, horrible thing to happen to any child. Are there some resources that you could offer for someone that may be dealing with that? Lakeisha talked about not being able to tell anybody and not having anyone to tell. Maybe there are some signs that we can look for as parents, um, as, as teachers or people in the neighborhood. Are there some, is there something that we're missing that's something we should be looking for? With every child, every child has a personality. You know what are the specific traits of the child. Mm -hmm. When you see a significant change in their behavior, where you had a very mm -hmm. rambunctious child to now a very mm -hmm. withdrawn child, or even a withdrawn child that all of a sudden is showing an attitude, sometimes we do have to look past thinking that it's a child getting older 
to really start to see those signs because as Ms. Burton rightfully said, a lot of the cues are nonverbal mm -hmm. because they don't know how to verbally Articulate express mm -hmm. what is happening or they're being threatened with their life mm. if they say something verbally. Mm. So one of the main things, especially as educators, because sometimes parents really can look past things and if you're in a single parent household, that parent can be very stressed out. But I think educators can really have a good stance in that in when they see a child just being off, even if it's just a little off, to really start to explore with that child what is going on. And one of the main thing is to not put words into the child's mouth, mm. using very open-ended questions. What's going on at home? Is there any issues that you would like to talk about? And never just okay. using it as just a one-time thing, but asking Continue it over and over and over again. Yes. Continue. What would you say to someone that may be experiencing that kind of abuse right now, that may be watching our program, what, what, what words of, of comfort or encouragement or advice can you give to, to that individual person? What I would say to any individual that is going through abuse right now, especially if you are a child or a teenager, whatever someone has threatened you with, it is not true. People will not look down on you because of what it is that you have gone through. Find a trusted adult that you can talk to. What is happening to you is not right. It is not your fault. You did not cause this to happen to you. Tell someone what is going on. And then when you've told them, know that you may not get the justice that you want, but it will bring you a peace of mind and can save someone else's life. Dr. Deborah, thank you so much for sharing with our audience. We know that your words of, of advice um, will definitely help someone. So thank you so much. We appreciate you coming on our show. Absolutely. We know that child abuse is, is terrible. And we know that the abuser usually is able to abuse a child using silence, threatening them and, and telling them that something bad is going to happen if they tell anyone. But if you or someone that you know is being abused, please don't be silent. Take the power away from the abuser by telling someone. There is help out there for you, but in order to get it, someone has to know. So find a friend, find someone that you can talk to, and share that information with them so that we can stop this cycle of abuse. Dr. Deborah, thank you so much for coming to our show. Thank you. I'll be back in just a moment with my final thoughts. We know that child abuse is real. It's happening in homes all across the world every day. In most cases, the abuser depends on the silence of the victim. If you or someone you know is experiencing abuse in any form, tell someone, break that code of silence. Find an adult, a friend, talk to someone. The only way to stop it is to say something. Thank you for watching our show.